and it's not a failure. It's just it's just something I find that a lot of business owners overlook, and then you feel guilty because you've like they've been with you, and oh, they've been such a great supporter. But you've got to do what is good for the health of your company and yourself. Good morning, good morning. Hello, everyone. Welcome. Thank you for joining me for our live series weekdays at 11 a.m. Thank you for tuning in. For those of you that are watching the replay, do make sure you give me a hashtag replay in the comments so I can loop back and say hello to you at a later point in time. And for those of you that are starting to hop on live, thank you. Welcome. It is lovely to see you here. Now, today, I have the absolute pleasure of speaking to Dana. Now, let me tell you a little bit about Dana today. So let me pull up my uh, my notes. Um, having built a seven-figure business without sales calls and as a former dominatrix, Dana knows all about owning her power and being unique. She has worked with clients for over 25 years, helping them keep their heads out of their ass so they can scale with ease. She is the author of five books, winner of multiple awards and a woman who treats her own personal development like an extreme sport. These days, Dana is a business performance coach for those who love to play full out and are looking for every advantage they can to find and reach their goals with ease instead of grinding it out. Dana, thank you so much for joining me today. Uh, my pleasure, Annette. I was looking forward to this, even though it is the middle of the night here. <laughs> Absolutely. Dana just shared with me that she is in Canada, so she is basically asleep at this point in time. <laughs> she should be asleep, quite frankly. Um, she certainly should be asleep at this point in time because it's a crazy hour of the day for her. So we massively appreciate you getting up uh, super early Absolutely. for us and coming on today, Dana. So tell me, um, you know, high performance, what does that mean? So high performance, um, there's there's a couple of ways to look at it. There's the typical, you know, high performance as in high achiever. Um, but then there's also the inner game of, you know, high performance to me is also about, you know, are you constantly stretching, growing, looking to challenge yourself from a mental or emotional side of things, not strictly the outward success factors, right? Yeah, I like that. I like that a lot because I think often when we think of high performance, we think of um, hitting, you know, financial goals, let's say, mm -hmm. or some kind of milestone. But actually, some of it can be internal as well. Is that right? Yeah, absolutely. Because you, you can have the, the desire to, okay, stretch yourself as far as how honest are you going to be in your relationships, in your conversations, in your, um, you know, personal relationships, but also business relationships. Can you, and can you stretch yourself to um, match your ethics, your desires to serve in the world with what your, your goals are financially? Because they don't have to be um, in conflict with each other, they can actually be very supportive. We've seen that a lot with social businesses in how people can actually blend those pieces. So to me, all of that would be included in the high performance mindset, uh, goals, targets, yeah, far beyond just the money. Amazing. I love that. So I mean, this is a big question. How on earth do we do that? How do we how do we measure up those things like ethics with performance? Mm, oh my goodness. Yeah. Big question. It's huge. It's a huge question. I know. Like, like seven we, hours. We got a couple of days. That, but in a, nutshell, <laughs> in a 
that nutshell. Um, I think really the first thing is um, drilling down to say, what are my ethics? What, mm. what, who, and who do I want to stand for? What do I want to stand for? Yeah. Um, you know, what do I want my legacy to be? The, the typical questions, but really getting honest and saying, okay, what matters to me? What are those pieces? Once you know what really matters to you, then you can also say, okay, well, what what matters to me on a financial level? What mm-hmm. you know, what do I want to create in the world on a business side of things? And then it's sitting down and saying, okay, well, how do I pair those up? You know, is it a simple piece of you know donating a certain percentage off the top mm-hmm. to go towards your cause? That's one way of matching it up. That's very easy. Um, or maybe it is taking two weeks out of every year and going and donating your time with, you know, Mm -hmm. building schools or planting trees or, you know, um, donating to areas that are, um, lacking in the resources that, that we of course have in our first world countries that you and I are in. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. So kind of working out, first of all, what matters in under, under each heading, basically under Mm -hmm. each part of your life an area of your life and then Mm -hmm. saying okay what actions can I therefore take that are linked to what matters to me and and enables me to perform at the highest level possible for me with each of these things that matter yeah yeah it's it it is it's it's just getting I think for most people it's just a matter of getting honest and then once mm-hmm. you get honest, then you can start to see opportunities. And if you don't, then, you know, working with somebody who can you know, look from the outside and give mm. you just that that little perspective shift is always uh, so helpful. Yeah, I was going to say, what would you say to people who say, well, that all sounds lovely. However, I don't have an extra 15 hours a week to be spending on all these actions that pair beautifully to all these different areas of my life. Yes, it would be amazing if I could plant trees for two weeks, but I've got two kids and a business to run. Yeah. And it's it's not about an overnight shift. That's mm-hmm. the that's the first thing. Like so many times we are told, you know, we we're sold this idea of like, you know, make six figures in six months or, you know, oh, you can scale your business from six figures to seven figures in a year. It's like, you know, those are unrealistic promises. The yeah. reality is that for most of us, you know, business is it's a process, it's a growth and same thing with with making these shifts. Uh, you know, I really like to to work in that idea of like let's make an incremental shift. So just like you would do if you were wanting to change your weight, it's better to to start you know removing or adding one thing at a time as opposed to making a big massive change because yes. you want it to be integratable. So I would say starting out with okay, can we take one percent of your money off the top? put that aside and you donate that to the cause that really matters to your heart. And then we work up to being able to take those two weeks off because the bigger picture would be, okay, what's going on in your business? How are you managing it? Um, Where is there room for delegating? Because that's often the key is, you know, us as business owners are terrible at letting go of control. Um, But if we start letting go of the control, we start delegating and delegating in a way that makes sense, mm-hmm. uh, which is, you know, a whole other big topic. Um, yeah. But those kinds of increments, then we can start moving towards. And maybe it takes three years before you can take two weeks mm-hmm. off and go and plant trees. That's okay. Yeah, and I think that's a really good thing to to notice with people. I know that I 
I went through these cycles years ago of saying, right, I'm going to get really serious about my my fitness and I want to exercise a lot more. So what I would do, and I did this for years before I actually was like, hang on, this is not working. But basically every time I thought I was, I'm going to get serious about this, I'd write down all the different types of exercise in a week I'd like to do. So I'm like, I write, okay, I want to run four times a week. I want to go out on my bike three times a week. I want to go to the gym four times a week. I want, and then I added it up and I had to do exercise about 17 times literally within one week and I was like so that means I have to do four things on Tuesday and and of course that barely lasted a day because I was trying to suddenly (laughs) implement every single thing I wanted to do all in the first week and I tried that again and again and again it fell over again and again and again. Um, I am in it, luckily in a good habit now with my exercise and I'm happy where that is. But I think perhaps particularly as business owners, we have this uh, propensity to, to realize that we've seen something that we want to change, you know, and we might have people listening or watching this and go, yeah, this is right. I'm going to write down what matters. I've got all my heading, you know, I, I've got all these things listed out now. I know the actions, right. I need to, I need to get them all in place and I need to get them all in place now because I'm not happy with the way I am. So something needs to seriously change. So I'm going to implement these seven different things from now yeah. on. Yeah. Not sustainable then, that way. Exactly. And then they do exactly what I did. And two days later, everything falls over. And oh, well, it's not for me. I'm just gonna, you know, that's another idea I need to screw up and throw in the bin. Yeah. So the small steps is actually what's going to sustain this system of working. Yes. It's it's always about the small things. It's those little <laughs> tweaks, right? And then we we bring it back to, you know, business and you look at what's going on. Like the the reason I'm able to help a lot of people is just seeing those little pieces that are out of alignment, the little mm-hmm. pieces that need to be tightened up, and mm-hmm. then, you know, the business can flourish. It's not it's rarely about some big systemic change. It's more often just the small simple things that we need to get in place on a regular basis you know the mm-hmm. consistency is huge it's key yeah absolutely consistency is another thing that i am um, i love to speak about too because i think it is so important and i also often say to people consistency doesn't actually mean relentlessness they are two separate words and they mean two completely different things absolutely and you can um, be consistently inconsistent it's okay you can <laughs> that's hilarious you, you absolutely can be consistently inconsistent however that's not necessarily the consistency that we're looking well, for yeah. but if you start out there right like i yeah. find that a lot of people you know because when you're developing a new habit it it is it is bumpy it is you know it's it's, until it gets to be a place where okay I'm good with this this is what I do every morning this is what I do you know at this time but I always like to give people permission to to do it messy Mm -hmm. you know be inconsistent at the beginning until it becomes a habit that you like yeah I think that's great and I think I think that um you know how we we were saying that we we're looking at each areas of of our life to do this and and implement things that kind of that pair up with that but i suspect this also works if you look at different areas of your business as well so mm-hmm. examining the sales examining the marketing examining the finances exa- examining operations and looking at each of those areas and saying okay 
how do I pair my actions stroke the actions of my team and my organization as a whole with those things that we want that matter to us as a business yeah and and the people are the Mm. other you know do you have the right people who have the same vision are they Mm. on board with that vision right especially if you want to pair in um something in sustainability or ethics Mm. or you know the environmental pieces your people are they on board with that do they get fired up about the cause and the bigger vision yeah, I think that's a really important one, isn't it? Because if you've if you've got somebody that's in charge of, say, let's say sustainability, but actually they're only putting it in place because you've said that that's part of their role, yeah. actually that's not going to be the right energy behind that project or those decisions that need to be made or those actions that need to be taken. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And, and and actually finding those, you know, for want of a better phrase, right bums in the right seat can be difficult. Yeah. And it, it, it's it's the deliberate choice of who you mm. hire. So one of the things I find is, as businesses scale up is those early people that you hired uh, very often become a liability as you scale up, Mm. as you start to grow. So if you started out and you had like two key employees and they loved the the fact that they were generalists, they're, you know, they're good. They're doing a lot of different things and they're really involved in what's going on. And very often us as business owners end up making them kind of a support system. Um, But now all of a sudden, if you, when you take your business up to five or 10 employees, now there's a very different dynamic going on. They need to niche into one area because you need them specialized. And then, you know, there's the dealing with other people. So very often those, those couple of first hires, two, three hires also need to be let go in the, in the early Mm -hmm. formative pieces because they like you can't take a generalist, make them a specialist, and expect to get the same results. Um, and it's not a failure. It's just it's just something I find that a lot of business owners overlook, and then you feel guilty because you like they've been with you, and oh, they've been such a great supporter. But you've got to do what is good for the health of your company and yourself. Yeah, and I think that can often be overlooked as well. That the business's health needs focused on, and the business's health is actually separate to your own as mm-hmm. a business owner. And sometimes the decisions that we want to make as a, as a human can be very different if we put our CEO hat on and yes. we sit in that seat and we go, okay, what does this business require? Because like you say, those early people that you take on, they might not fit in one of those boxes anymore. But often I think um, business owners almost try and and mold roles around those first few hires don't they as as you grow rather than looking at a kind of clean piece of paper for an org chart and saying well this is how I would have my organization now where does where does this person fit if anywhere yeah it's uh it's interesting it's like that that's why I love you know diving into you know the mental emotional side of of business Mm. because so many times it is clear cut, like business is not all that complicated. Mm-hmm. When we look at it, you know, just ones and zeros and 
you know, yeah. these are the facts. Okay. This is working. This isn't working, but it is the emotional piece that mm. often trips us up, often keeps us from doing what we need to be doing, uh, whether it's firing somebody or hiring somebody mm. or, you know, moving into a new area, ditching a project that, you know, we've got lots of sunk costs yes. into all of those pieces. That's where we start to give up our power um, by letting the emotions, letting the shoulds and the judgments, all those things take over. So, you know, again, this is where it's real easy for me to help people because yeah. move that out of the way and they can grow. Yeah, absolutely. And I guess that's where speaking to a um, an independent person can really help because they don't have the emotional tie-in with your yeah. business that you have. Absolutely. Yeah, there's, there's nothing better than that, you know, bird's mm. eye view perspective for people. We, we need that as business owners. Yeah, definitely. So what would you say to a business owner who's listening at the moment and is thinking, oh, I think I think my first few hires are probably not fit for purpose, but, but you know, I'm friends with their husband or their spouse or our kids play together and Oh, she's, you know, she's my best friend and like all the, have all these kind of other emotional tie-ups with that other human being, what, mm -hmm. you know, or maybe even that other human has given so much of their time for free in the early stages and, and is really invested personally in the business, but still isn't the right person to be in that seat. Yeah. So, so the process that I would take people through is uh, first layer is looking at, okay, what stops you from being able to lean into that? And usually it's these uh, feeling obligated. Oh, you've hit the nail on the head on the scenarios, right? It is. It yeah. is <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm thinking you've seen this before. Yeah. I know um, it's funny that, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. So I totally get it. Um, it, it is this piece of, of, being willing to do what's best for you and for the business and being willing to be really honest with the other person. And the thing that I would hold out for people is like, you know, when we look at moving those resist resistances out of the way, then it also comes down to leaning in to trusting that there's something better for that, for that person. Mm -hmm. So here's the thing is that nothing happens in a vacuum. So what's good for you, what's good for the business is also going to be good for that, that key person yeah. and trusting that in the long term, like it's going to sting. There's lots of things that sting. Um, you know, if you've been a parent, you know that there's tough love at times and that's the same kind of thing. And so leaning into it and doing that process with as much love and compassion as possible, but, you know, getting to the place where you can just step into it. Um, with as much ease. It's never going to be comfortable. It's going to be awkward. It's going to be bumpy. And I invite people, you know, really start it out there. It's like, this is really, really uncomfortable. It does not change how much I adore you, how much I, you know, appreciate you, all of those things. And the reality is there, I don't see the fit. Right. And usually at this point you've had conversations about what's not working because of course, you, you, you know, the laws probably in the UK are the same as Canada. You yeah. can't just fire somebody, yeah. <laughs> you yeah. know, it has to be a process. So yeah. those would be the, the highlights. Um, of course there's mm. some deeper inner work for some people. Uh, other people can just lean in and, and like, okay, trust, breathe, do it. 
Yeah, and I think it's really I think that that part where you said actually just, you know, being open and honest with them about the situation. I think that's something that many people um sometimes feel scared to do with their team members and employees is actually to to put it all on the table and say, look, this isn't working for this reason. Um, whether that be it is the best friend that they're having to let go or whether it even be a performance related issue or a financial issue. You know, you're a staff member that we just can't afford anymore because of X, Y and Z. Mm -hmm. And I think that business owners often really struggle to be to be honest around those issues and to be open with their employees sometimes I guess for many fears but but sometimes for fear of seeing seeming um out of control or weak or those kinds of things mm -hmm. as well but actually I think what we're saying here is it's actually not even just okay to be completely honest with them it's actually really important well, and for every relationship, this is not just for work, but <laughs> right, it, you know, our our conditioning has been that we typically don't get really honest with people, mm. right? We're we're wanting to hold back, thinking, oh, if I'm nice, they'll like me, mm. you know, I won't be rejected, and yet that commitment to dropping in and being honest in a compassionate way is the piece that's going to really propel things forward. So this is what I talk about, about high performance too, is that mm -hmm. honesty, like real authentic honesty, not just like, Oh, I don't like that. Like really <laughs> dropping into, okay, what's going on for me? Where am I at? Why am I resisting this? Those are also honesty with self and, and then bringing that into all of our lives, business and personal, mm. you can you can open up new dialogue and learn new things when you're willing to show up and be really honest in a way that's also creating space for other people to be honest and not you know not be taking it personally, but just like I wonder, I'm curious, what's going on for you? Can you explain that more? In, in having an open dialogue, you'll learn some interesting things. Yeah, and I think that's a great way to um, to phrase things as well. When you do have team members that are perhaps not performing to the level that you want, and not um, not behaving in the way that you want them want them to with with certain tasks or with your clients or whatever, actually saying what is going on with you? Tell me what's happening. Tell me what's happening in your life at the moment. To understand that. We all have lots of stuff always going on all the time. And actually, if you can keep that door of honesty open with your team, then it is going to make things easier in the long run. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And you really eliminate all of those uh, misunderstandings, mm. right? Where like, oh, I, I feel like they don't understand me. They're judging me. Uh, it starts to really eliminate that because it may just be simply a matter of they're, you know, they've, they're dealing with a sick mom at home yeah, exactly. and so they're distracted mm. and then they're snipping at people because they don't have enough sleep. Mm. It could just be a simple yeah. piece of that. Um, and then, you know, having that honest conversation that it's like, okay, well, 
you know, what are you going to do, right? You don't have to take responsibility as a business owner. You can just put it back to them and say, okay, how are you going to manage your sleep? What mm-hmm. are you going to do? Because we do need you performing here. Yeah, and it actually um, also, I think, stops that slippery road where in three months' time, you're so annoyed with them that you've put them on a performance plan and you're ma- you're basically essentially managing them out of the business, mm-hmm. yet actually having that conversation three months before could have meant that you didn't need to fire them and spend time finding someone else and hiring and training someone else, right. but actually they could have managed to stay in your business and perform at a higher level if only everybody had been aware of the situations, the facts, what was happening behind the scenes for everybody else involved. Yeah. Yeah. I've, um, I've worked with organizations. Um, one of the fun things that I'm able to do is to facilitate these deeper conversations. Mm. And, you know, sometimes, well, oftentimes if I'm called in to do that, then we got a lot of mess. We got a lot of, you know, misconceptions and preconceived ideas and things. And so, you know, we sit down and we have two days Mm. where, taking them through the process and being able to open up conversation. It's transformative. The whole organization can change. People can change roles. um, And then everybody knows where everybody's at. They, you know, you you start to understand there's a lot more compassion. The teamwork builds, you know, this is just like those um, team sport things that people Mm. go on for adventures. I, I think this is, um, even more transformative than those mm-hmm. because you start to really get to know who your teammates are um, and you start to get to know, you know, they get to know you as a boss. They get to mm-hmm. know each other. Um, it's, yeah, it's an amazing process. What type of pushback do you get at those types of oh my events? God, because I'm guessing, you, <laughs> I'm guessing you do. I'm guessing there's probably people who are like, no, we've always done it this way. What What are you talking about? Yeah. I am not telling Johnny about what is happening at home with my missus. Like you, you must get all that kind of resistance. So how do you, how do you, get over that resistance. <laughs> yeah. And it's, it's a lot of, um, it's a lot of tango with the group. Okay. Um, mm. Yeah. It, it's very much tailored. You have to, mm. I have, I have to read the room as to what's going mm. on. And so, you know, I have a series of exercises that I take people through. So we've got mm. some opening gradually increase the risk factor. And as they learn how to communicate with each other, then we can start increasing how much they share and how much they're vulnerable. Mm -hmm. Uh, So it's, it's a muscle like every other muscle and we have to work into it slowly, but uh, when they're willing, when, when things do open up, it's just incredible. Plus it spills over into each of their personal lives, which I just is so beautiful. Like I've seen people, um, be able to repair their marriage that was mm-hmm. on the rocks uh, because they just took the tools home. So yeah, it's so beautiful. I think the, um, I think the really key part to what you just said there as well links back to what we spoke about at the beginning, which is actually, we're not going to jump in and try and change everything tomorrow. Right. Actually, we're going to take small steps. We're going to have some push and pull. We're going to see where we can kind of nudge things forward a little bit and improve them in small increments in order to do that consistently each day, each week, each month, each year, so that you move towards that end goal. 
right? Spot on. <laughs> yeah, amazing. I love it. Um, and I love how we've come very circular on that as well. <laughs> that, was um, a, that was a beautiful tie-in together. Which, it was like, yeah, oh, it was. It I was very, that. very, um, very <laughs> lovely. And I think that um, I think that we've got some really amazing takeaways as well for people to uh, have a think about and work on within their businesses too. So um, I, I love that too. Um, Dana, thank you so much for joining me today. I know that I have very, very much enjoyed this conversation. Um, and I'm sure our listeners and watchers will have done as well. Well, um, why don't you tell everyone where they can find you, where you hang out online and all that good stuff. Beautiful. Thank you. This has been so much fun. Uh, so I um, have the unique pleasure of being the only Dana Ferrant in the world. Uh, so I am very easy to find. LinkedIn is my social media platform preference. Um, and, and Ferrant is spelled P-H-A-R-A-N-T. Um, but yeah, you can Google me and find me wherever. Amazing. So we'll put all the links in the show notes for those of you that are listening on the podcast as well, so that you have those in there. Once again, thank you so much for joining me. Are you, are you heading to bed now or are you Probably. staying up for the day? <laughs> heading to bed. Well, have a lovely sleep. <laughs> thank and um, thank you again for joining Aww. me. Thank you to all our listeners and watchers. I appreciate your time. I know it's precious. So thank you for spending some of it with us today. And um, I will speak to you all very soon. Take care, everyone. Thank you so much for tuning in today. I hope you got lots of value from this episode. Now, if you're struggling with any accounting things for your business, I'd love to help. Make sure you reach out to me at podcast at annetteandco.co.uk. That's podcast at annetteandco.co.uk and let me know how I can help. Of course, remember to subscribe to this podcast as well. Thanks again.